Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. And our listeners. It's Talking Track Wars, recorded on 825-18. Yay! Yay! The cool is here! Hey, I'm back. Yeah, <laughs> and you're better than ever. And your diaspora in uh, L.A. is ended. Is but then you also mixed ended. in a Canadian trip to it. I did, yeah. I went. I oh, literally went Canada. from... You know, I used to not go there. Uh, it used to not be a thing that I would do. Yeah. Uh, I've never actually patronized the great country of Canada uh, before, but the it great was white north. Yes, exactly, land of William Shatner himself. But um, I was really impressed. Canada, good job. They're doing they're doing some cool stuff up there. I've got to say, it'd be so nice. It'd be so nice. I can just wax nostalgically because they won't let me in their country. Yeah, well, you're not allowed there anymore. I. Didn't like I said I didn't used to go there. It used to not be a thing I would do, but I do that now. I okay, go to Canada. Now. You do that now. I do. Maybe he probably will do it again. All right, Mr. Mills, how are we doing? Yay! All right, let's get down to brass tacks. We got some news to go through. We got some news to go through. News. I don't even remember the last news we covered, so some of this might be a rehash. But let's talk about the alleged titles for the CBS Star Trek series called Reliant and Defiant. No, Destiny. Destiny, excuse me. Destiny. You are wrong, sir. Now, on the internet, people are like, oh god, I hope they're doing the Destiny three-part story, and I hate to break it to you folks, they're not doing that. They're not doing that. Do we all know what the Destiny three-part novel story is? I don't. Okay, it's three captains, it's Kirk on the Enterprise E, Esri Dax, captain of the Aventine, and... Emilia Hernandez of the NXO2. Do they all walk into a bar? Eventually. Uh, But it's a three-part story. There's this villain. There's time travel. There's old ships. Oh, and Riker is captain of the Titan. Mm. Uh, But they are not, 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 not. That is not going to be the Jean-Luc series. They're not going to make him be still captain of the Enterprise. I hate to break it to you people. Well, I think what would make sense... One thing they've said about Destiny is it will be a post-Dominion War series. Yes. Um, which answers the prayers of a lot of us, which has always been the argument is that Star Trek is stuck in the past. Mm-hmm. So for them to give us something new is, like, new forward <coughs> is good. Because at that point, as long as they don't, like, piss on canon, pretty much anything they do is can be explained yep. away because it's yep. in the future. I would be cool if it's the USS Destiny, which has been referenced in Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Which is what Esri Dax's old ship was. Yes, but it's not going to be that. I want Admiral Picard, wartime Admiral, and a completely new war with the Romulans has broken out. Uh, well, I, mean, I want I want to see Picard have to do something we've never seen Picard do. Which is be a captain during an actual war. Because we didn't get any of him during the Dominion War. Nope. Um, or during this series. I want a wartime Admiral Picard in charge of multiple ships at, at the head of the new flagship. But then he's going to be like, the line must be drawn here! This, this far! And no, no, no farther! farther. Yeah. Save but, that for October. But non-Borg, right? I, yeah. I do not want to hear a single thing about the Borg. I don't think it'll be the Romulans because we know we do have instances of the Romulans in canon. Romulus and Remus were destroyed. That is a part of the Prime Universe, and it's acknowledged as such. So, and Could the they Romulans, have a fleet or a new planet? They, they went to a new planet. That's it, The story apparently is okay. that they went to a new planet and joined the Federation. 
Oh, I'm, I don't like that. Because they were they were they were decimated. They were decimated. They had to, and the Federation was the only one to help them. But there are Star Trek Online is a continuation of the Prime Universe, which they're not gonna they can mine. It's, it's much like the old expanded universe for Star Wars. We'll take things out of it, but we're not doing anything wholesale. I think well, it'll be a wholly new villain. Uh, if they if they go that route, it'll be completely new. Haven't That's seen fine. him before. Haven't seen him before, and you know you have a new Enterprise. But then, you know, allegedly Data was the next captain of the Enterprise. After whoops, Picard. can't do that now. Ah, it's not really well. He's is dead. This a spoiler? No, because before is Data. before it has Data's memories. It assumes Data's identity. It's Data, but he's not really Data. It's. Then you're, you were arguing Chappie here. What is the nature of consciousness? That's Ooh. true. So, that's true, but that's been the argument for Data for seven seasons. Exactly. Not to mention the movies. fact that Brent Spiner doesn't want to play him anymore. Not to mention that Brent Spiner can't play him anymore, anymore. which goes to beg the question, would you be okay with a recasting of Data? No. No, you could de-age him for a few scenes, and then you know he's actually the right age to start playing Data's dad. He's played Snoonian soon. Yeah. A young, a, a slightly younger, new but new that's what I'm going at here is: Are we? What do we want to see post Dominion War? You said you want Admiral Kirk in a war. Admiral Picard. I, I Admiral talk, Picard. Whatever. You, same difference. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, <laughs> you just pissed off a lot of Star Trek fans right there. there. Well, you know, whole, what if they, wholly different cloth. If they want to, if they want to, if they want to bitch at me, they can email me at talkingtrekwars at yahoo.com. Otherwise, we they can shut the fuck up. Pander anymore? We're not pandering. We're just throwing it out there once an episode. Okay. It's not baby. Like it's not pandering. <laughs> you can eat a dick. All right. Um, I want to see some of the characters we never, we haven't got to see. I want to see some of our Deep Space Nine characters. Years later, we're at a good years. Juncture now. Some yeah. of our Voyager cast because we've just seen Janeway as an admiral and Nemesis, but they said this Picard stuff will be twenty years after that. I wouldn't mind seeing com- you know Commander Kim. That would that would be kind of cool. We know Jordy's a captain in this time frame. Yep. You know, Kim becomes a captain too in this. Time but frame. I don't think it's this far out. It's twenty years after. It's more than twenty years after they've returned. So it might be Captain Kim. It could be Captain Kim. I, I, oh, does Island. it mean we're going to get those really ugly uniforms that they kept showing in the future? I don't think they're going to the, get that. The route. dib uniforms, as I call them, uh, they they're, may... they're a play on the monster maroons and not a very good one. No, but I think it would be kind of cool to see something just completely different. We don't know anything about this timeline. You want the Enterprise J timeline with no, the uniforms with those God. black Borg-looking type things? No. Really? No. Oh, oh, no. I would've been cool with it. No. No, no really? No. Just, I'm Can I get okay. a fuck now? Yeah, I'm okay with going against canon from certain aspects when it comes to, hey, no, we can come up with something better, and that's yeah. what we're going to do. And that's what I think we should do. But I have a feeling that Picard is not going to be captain of anything. He's not going to be admiral of anything. I think we're going to see retired Picard having been drawn back into something. Well, if it is a show about making wine, I am all for that. Um, I think it's... <laughs> I want the Vintner Picard. Let's, That's what I'm looking for. Let's go he back. has to bring that back. Let's let's go back It to all burned fact. down, apparently. Yeah. Wow. Thanks, Ronald. Robert and yeah. Rene and everybody. Which is a gripe I have about that stupid Generations movie. Oh, man. We need <laughs> to talk about that one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's... Uh, 
But okay, so let's think about this though. If you listen to uh, Patrick Stewart's speech at the convention in Vegas, he goes out of his way to caution people that you are not going to recognize him. He he makes it pretty clear. He's got a beard. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's going to be long too and grizzly. Yeah. Um, so you're going to have a straw hat. I don't know. Maybe he's going to be in a floating wheelchair with telekinetic powers. Oh, oh, oh. Ah, yes. There we go. Mash up. We're, we're, we're merging. Bring the baby. universes together. I mean, I, we've already seen what Star Trek level, uh, you know, uh, wheelchairs look like. Maybe. Saw it in the first season. Well, we can't fix broken spines. We can't fix male pattern baldness. And blindness is apparently still a big issue in the 24th century. So Yes, but you can get prosthetic eyes for that. Yeah, yeah true. Yeah. Well, it's nice to see that our, uh, our our research into health research goes away from like, ah, you can go bald, it's fine. That's true. I guess since the eugenic wars, they're just like, I guess that means male power and baldness too. Yeah. Just can't touch it. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly. They haven't really touched on erectile dysfunction though. <laughs> that's a, that's a that's a Star Trek. Although it's, that shows up on a different website. Hmm. Although we do know it's not a problem for Data. That's yes. true. He is fully functional. Yes. And well versed in multiple techniques. techniques. You know what? It would have been nice if they did something about his emotion chips and they dealt with the fact that he's had sex before he had emotions and maybe there'd be some lingering things with Tasha Yar in there that they might bring that up. Yeah. That would be cool, huh? Yeah, Star Trek Generations. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. All right. Um, Reliant. Hate it. It's like... Here we go again. Stuck in the past. I'm okay with it, actually. If we are making Reliant, like Voyager's intention was to be an Enterprise, to be a generational ship, and we're getting finally getting a new Reliant, a new class of... A Reliant ship. A or B or... C. Yeah, and a Reliant yeah. A, and it's a, not, does, not a Miranda class. It's something completely different. You know, or you even call it the Reliant B and the A was a Nebula class, you know, because they have a similar design makeup. Like, you do something and set it after the Dominion War, but before the Picard series. So you have able to fill in some of that 20-year time period. And maybe you show the end of the Romulan Empire and the, the destruction what? of their moon. And it, it's something that I feel they did not address at all in the movie's... Once the Enterprise E showed up, yeah. which was a whole lot of new technology came out of Voyager coming back. Yeah. I True. would love to see a Starfleet that looks totally different. Yeah. Because everybody's got um we can Clark armor. now. Yeah. Because why 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 are we not we, after the war with the Dominion, yeah. we have a much closer relationship with the Klingon Empire. And the Romulan Empire apparently doesn't have a homeland well, anymore. Here's a, well, and here's the thing. We shared our phaser recharge technology in order to get cloaking technology. So it's a level playing field from everybody. I would here's love the, the first establishing shot of the whatever new Starfleet ship shows up on screen just decloaks. Yeah. Why not? Well, here's the thing. is The reason that the Federation was not allowed to develop cloaking technology was the was the agreement with the Romulans. If the Romulans are now a part of the Federation, then there is no, no. reason yeah. not to. Yep. Yep. Period. Yep. 
So, I think there's... And there's the integration of an entire race that's developed technology that is, in ways, always was shown to be superior to that of Starfleet. I mean, how enormous were those Romulan warbirds? I mean, the Enterprise could literally fly inside of one of its wings. Yeah. The Enterprise D. So, they were still more enormous than the E. Or a Borg cube. Maybe, I don't know no, what the no, name is. No, no, well, cube was... I mean, if you if you could fly the Enterprise D inside of, and I'm not saying inside the ship, but inside of the bow of the yeah. wing. When do they say they do that? Well, they don't. What they show is the scale when it's closer. Remember how much bigger yeah. one of them? No, it was always bigger, but I didn't. I, I, I didn't know it was that big. I don't think it was. Maybe that I'm thinking. Okay, You're, maybe yeah, I'm. I maybe mean, I'm it's definitely bigger, like yeah. significantly, but I don't think it's that much bigger. Okay, um, but. To me, like you have a generational ship, you have a new Reliant, and you're dealing with the fact that the Romulans either A, are a part of the Federation, or are getting integrated, or you have such a good peace treaty with them that you no longer have any Free fear of exchange. that. And so then you have, what about having Romulans and Klingons on your ship together? You have new conflict to go in. Then you can also retroactively discuss the Romulan Wars. You know that were never that were supposed to be mentioned in Enterprise and have been glossed over, and yep. they're always mentioned, but they've never discussed what happened. We know there was a treaty at the end. We know they lasted a long time. We know a shit ton of people died. Yeah, but we don't know anything else. Treaty of Algeron. Right? We don't know any pe- millions so, of people. Right? Yeah. So now you have an opportunity in the future to talk about stuff that happened in the past without having it set in the past. Yeah. And you can go through these things in a more measured way. You know. I think it's a, I think it's a nice idea. Do I believe that this is what they're going to do with this show? No, no, not at all. No. Can I just say, if it, I mean, to it's go, a mini series about them going back to picking up the cruel, the reliant that's left on City Alpha Five. Oh God. Um, I want, and I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. If they're going to do this, let's do it fun. Just give me a Titan series. Give me a series about Captain Riker. His wife, Deanna Troy, and the book is wide open. As long as I get Wesley Crusher head of the engineering department, I'm okay with it. I don't think Will Wheaton would do it. I mean, I actually think Will Wheaton would do it. I think if you oh, back Will Wheaton, oh, Will. as an adult, as an adult, and having to be a more evolved character and enough distance. Oh, Will Wheaton will jump at it, and actually, you don't have to park. A, I don't think you'd have to back the back truck. It. Nope. I mean, he, he did come back for that scene in Nemesis. So. Which got cut. <laughs> you can see him in one scene. Eh. But it's a big thing for branding. I mean, talk about... I mean, he's he's relevant in geek culture. Yeah. And, but with Big Big Bang now announcing their final season and everything, yeah. which yeah. was a big outlet for him. Um, outside of, web, of a large web presence... Yeah. What, you know, he has an enormous opportunity here to come back as, you know... Although he left Starfleet, didn't he, at the end? No, but he no, came back. Oh, that's right. He, he did back. come back in that. Yeah. He came back after he did his time with the Traveler and learned what he needs to, and that's so. how he became chief engineer on the Titan. He was Riker's pick for chief engineer. Okay. Here's the thing. You you have three characters who are... I, I mean, at this point, we can just say it without any abashedness. Jonathan Frakes is a Trek whore. He is the Ryan Seacrest of the Star Trek universe. Oh... He, I, I'd say there's a passion and a love for it. I don't know if he's a, a Trek whore. Let's just... I think he's a capable TV director and, uh, and an adequate cinematic director that 
Why not have somebody have a legacy? I'm more upset that they haven't had LeVar Burton come to direct an episode of Discovery. When they I talk, think it'll happen. When they talk about Discovery and pushing for diversity in, in the behind the scenes and everything like that, LeVar Burton is a fantastic TV director. I mean, he's steadily busy on NCIS New Orleans. Why haven't you had him come back and do an episode of Discovery? I just don't. I don't. I don't get it at this point. You had Frakes come back, but you're also giving a bunch of other people opportunities, so I'm okay yeah, with that. Yeah. yeah, and it's the first season, yeah. so I mean, you know, we're comparing that with the life breadth of you know seven seasons of, of Next Gen or what the fought four or five of, of Enterprise. Well, and he did some or, of Deep Space Nine and Voyager as well. He was, yeah, you know. yeah. So I, I definitely see him coming back either this season or the third. Yeah. I just want a Titan series. You want a Titan series? All right. How about a Warp series? Michael Dorn has long asked for it, but a more Klingon specific focus directly from their perspective and not from the Federation, and it's straight through through Worf's eyes. I, I guess we had it, Deep Space Nine in the latter seasons became so Worf heavy. Yeah. Um, I almost feel it's redundant. I well, we got so much of the Klingon culture and his, you know, with with Jadzia, with, with Dax, I think that there was so much there that they touched on in terms of bringing him back into the fold, you know, reclaiming, you know, what his his fight for the House of Moog. Yeah. And well, that's gone now. That's so. gone now. But I think we've addressed his his the culture clash and his reunification with his Klingonness. Well, he didn't stay as ambassador too long, or he took a sabbatical from it because. He's back on the Enterprise bridge, bridge and Nemesis, and maybe yep. that was a one-off thing because of the wedding, and he was just... I say it was because of the wedding. That was Yeah, mine. yeah. yeah. You, you, know, you never know. It would, it'd, be more, it'd be nice to see... At least see him back. Although, I don't know, would you drastically change his makeup? No. No. Oh, you mean to go in line with what's going on in Discovery? Well, they're acknowledging already that this this second season they're going to look different. Yeah. Again. But no, they they said you'll you'll be surprised, but I think it's just going to be them with hair. It's not. Well, gonna, I, think, I think is is fun. Uh, I mean, I I know I'm the one I'm the one outlier here as somebody who who enjoys Discovery. But no, I, no, no. We we enjoy Discovery. I think the redesign of the Klingons is fucking shit. We enjoy it, but that doesn't mean we cannot find enormous. Flaws. Oh, and I can't. Oh no, totally. No, I, no, no, I definitely. Yeah. We're still we're still on board. Oh, and we're okay, still happy cool. to support it. And I there's on board is a perfect word. Yeah, we, yeah, there's the elements that I I love. Like Tilly is my new favorite character oh, in the love, whole series. Love. I love Tilly. Yeah, yeah, and I love Sonia Michael Green's performance. Has been fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah. I have. A lot of issues with other things. Yeah, but we, yeah I like their 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 mashup redesign of the Enterprise. I oh, love, I think I the Enterprise is beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, there are other ships I have a lot of problems. Yes, with but I think their the their Enterprise is a great blending of what you saw in the original series and what you saw actually in the NXO one. Yes. It actually looks more yeah. like a true natural yeah. progression between yeah. the two. But they also they also were restricted that they could not do. The original series Enterprise, they were legally obligated to, to have changes. It had to be to different, it. right? It had to be yeah. different, but which at least they did a good job with. I, I do, yeah, yeah. I, and I differences like it, that are, in, yeah. but I don't understand. I don't understand all the legal behind it. I haven't read too much into it. Why they had to have it different, but it's it's a story for another time. But they legally were obligated to change it, and I like how it actually falls in line with the NXO one refit. Yes, now it yeah. actually makes a lot much more logical progression as you move forward. Yep. So I, 
I'm cool with all that. We're we're cool a lot with a lot of Discovery. Some of cool, the choices cool. are. So you're excited for for the next season? What's yes. to come? Cool. Yes. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm a little bit leery. I'm excited for Short Treks, although I hate the name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I like the my okay. With Kurtzman in this new deal, Ugh. I'm not a big fan of Kurtzman him, himself, uh, but I want them to do what the CW has failed to do with their Arrowverse. Whereas I don't want multiple Star Trek shows at the same time. I want it year-round. So every Sunday, starting in January, is Discovery for three months. And then after that, you get, you get the, next the next show. And then, you know, Sunday night, 9 o'clock, yeah. is Star Trek night year round and it doesn't matter what it is I don't want to I don't want them conflicting whereas like in the CW's Arrowverse where it's like well Monday's Supergirl and Tuesday's Flash and Wednesday's Arrow and Thursday's Legends of Tomorrow and then you have Friday Black Lightning which isn't a part but it is and then we do our season joining of all it's just too much it's too much at the same time and you can't can't from a business sense the business sense it actually would be the smartest thing they could do because you have people like me who, while Discovery was on air, paid for CBS All Access. And the minute it was off air, I canceled. Yeah. Which is why CBS All Access won't release those numbers. Yeah, they say, right. look at all the subscribers we got, but they don't release the number of how many they lost once Discovery yeah. ended. Yeah, Rain Wilson definitely addressed uh, And I, uh, yeah, I would say, I mean, I was tempted to cancel. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I... I wanted to support what they were doing and right. knew that it was something that, that people were anxious about. You know, what's the success rate? What are we going to do? We're trying to prove a new paradigm here. Right. Um, but I think Rain Wilson had the perfect, uh, you know, answer to that when he, you know, at Star Trek.com when he said, you know, he, he, he got on everybody for, you know, bitching about the, how expensive it was and then going out to Starbucks and paying, you know, $5 for a latte. Right. right. Um, because these people are putting a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into this show. And they may have... I, I had a misfire on a few things. I mean, I do have a problem with the continuity. Yeah. Uh, but I I try to look past it because I do enjoy it. Um, and... Uh, yeah. So I... Unlike Josh, I've actually watched the full series twice. Yes. Um, I... It got better on the secondary watching because you pick up on so much of the well-designed writing nuances. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, what I'm excited for is I've already pre-ordered the Blu-ray box set. I'm a big person that always believes in if when they release it because fuck it, I want my DC Nine Voyager Blu-ray up, yep. up converts which yep. whatever. Uh, and the fact is, like we we're not a bash about it. I shared Jeremy's CBS All Access account. Yeah, yeah. But I. We couldn't get the app on our TV, so we had to do it yeah. through Nicole's phone and then screen and then, mirror yep, it, yep. and it looked terrible. Yeah. And so now that... I did that with Prime before they put an app on the Apple TV. So now they put it yeah. on the app of Amazon Prime, and I, my, my debate is, maybe I should just subscribe to it so I have it. On my, I don't have to do the screen mirroring thing, and I can just I would say Star Trek completely. fans... Come on, give them the six bucks. I mean, even if you don't love it, give them the six bucks. Mainly because no, it's six bucks with ads. Oh yeah, it's six ten, bucks with ads. Ten bucks, no ads. Yeah, I don't yeah. hear ads. I'm doing. I, I'm fine with the ads right now because I mean, just because. Uh, but yeah, I would say give them some love because they're trying to do something and they're they're trying to get something started that they otherwise, what either no Star Trek 
Yeah. Or this that will eventually lead into something else, and it already has. Look at what we're getting. Right. Which is why we've been so vehemently like having it on at all is a win. Yeah. Right. And even with our problems with you know, like it's something like Star Trek into drunkness. Same thing. It's good for the franchise. Yeah. Well, it brought a ton of new people. It's it's mind boggling how much money Star Trek into darkness made, and how it is shit. It's a great action movie. If you took away, if you just called it into darkness and changed some names, it'd be fantastic, and you'd be more easily to digest. Yeah, I was actually all I was. I'm not a big fan of Into Darkness. Oh, we fucking hate it. I uh, I do well, enjoy. We like it. I like O Nine, and I enjoyed Beyond. See, Love Beyond. Beyond's, yeah. Beyond's my favorite yeah. out of all yeah. of them. I uh, yeah, because it's the most Star Trek of the. It three. is. It's a two-hour episode. Yeah, and it's. In the best way, in the in the in where it straddles the line, unlike some other movies like Generations, which will be our next horror. Stay tuned. Uh, you know, there's this. That, yeah, I'm yeah. excited for that conversation. Yeah, it'll be yeah. great. You're going to be here, right? Uh, I hope. I hope. We'll see. We'll have to wait and see how it goes. There might be food. Who knows? Ooh, food. Uh, well, food. that yeah. Okay. Can it be spam? I'll probably be here then. Sp- spam and eggs. Spam, 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 and more spam. Mm, poor children in a pan. Uh, so yeah, we're. We've had this discussion more where um, it actually changed. When we first started talking about Discovery, uh, it was a lot of the news before it debuted, and so there was a lot of negative. Like, how can fucking Spock have another sibling? You know, blah, 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 blah. And you didn't know it was adopted. They didn't really say it. It's just, oh, it's Spock's sister. It was like, no, fuck you. Amanda wasn't a whore, you know, or whatever. You know, there was, <laughs> there was I, just, I just want to see the, you're adopted. Uh, you know, argument between he and his sister. I'm going to say this right now. <laughs> if they don't mention Cybok in conversation, I will be a little upset. You have another spot. Like, talk about the blended family. And there, there needs to at least be. You don't have to show him. You don't have to recast him. Although I think the character of Cybok was great in a, in a bad movie. But I think good character, bad movie. I think you actually need to put. He's the elephant in the room. Whereas. Michael Burnham is the human adopting Vulcan culture, and Cybok is your Vulcan going back to emotional. I, I was about to human. say we need to stick a pen in this particular conversation because I think in a bigger picture we need to have a conversation about what a fucking weird ass dad Sarek had to be. <laughs> Just look at his children. He's a complicated man. Just look at his children. Just throwing that out there. But nobody understands him but his woman. He's complicated. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I'm really interested in that, and we will put a pin in that and discuss it at a later date. Uh, let's let's talk some Star Wars. We're going to talk some Star Wars, Mr. Cole. Right, did Star you Wars. did you see the trailer for Resistance? I did. What are you thinking about? I have some feels that we can discuss. Um, what are you? What is your first impression of Resistance? Um. <sighs> So I feel like I should preface with uh, not a fan, and not in not in the vitriolic, stupid way that all all those uh, idiots online, in my opinion, uh, ragged on Last Jedi. I have serious problems with the Last Jedi. Not a fan. I haven't watched it since the theater. Yeah. Um, so I do have to say I I, I have some oh, big issues with. Their implementation of the timeline yeah. in general, all from from the Force Awakens on, uh, it's uh, it's it's puzzling to me. I'm curious about why it's only six months out from the timeline of Last Jedi. Yeah, it's that, a little... that it's only starting, which makes me feel that they're going to start weaving it in and out 
of what's going on in the movies that we're going to jump ahead at some point because six months is not a lot for storytelling. No, um, it's not. But I think... I have a feeling that this show, and I don't know how many uh, seasons it will go, I think it's going to be two to three seasons, four at the max. Um, but it's going to be all tightly compressed time, and it's not going to space out. Because I think like the first season could basically cover... A couple weeks. A couple something. weeks. Yeah. Uh, based off the premise that uh, Kazudu Ziono is a spy, if posing as a racer. Like, it has a very... You know what? It reminds me of Speed Racer. It looks like Speed Racer, but in the Star Wars universe. And yeah. I don't think that's a necessarily negative thing. Like, the online criticism of how it looks. I'll, I'll say this. The animation style is not my favorite. But, you know, that cel-shaded yeah. look. Yeah. However, I like the fact that every single Star Wars animated show has not looked the same as the last. Yeah, that they're going, they're pushing the aesthetic, trying to do something different. It, I, it help, I it, enjoy that. It helps differentiate the timeline, too. It does. Yeah, you, you can look at one frame of whatever you're watching, even if they contain some of the same characters, and you can establish exactly which show you're watching. And I yeah, think that's and I, really smart. I mean, I, I like the idea of it. I think... I think it's going to suffer from the fact that you just announced that at San Diego that the Clone Wars is coming back, and yes, yep. it's going right to your streaming service, but the love that that show has generated and garnered, and now we're getting a quote-unquote conclusion, which, let's be honest, if it, makes a, if it brings in a shit ton of subscribers, they'll find a way to bring in more. Why not? More it's an animated why series. Yeah, and it's... It's great, and you know that's what Filoni's doing. Filoni is just the creator of Resistance. He's not the day to day. He's not the supervising director. He's not. He's the executive producer on the show, which yeah. I think is a good thing. I want new voices. I, I want new voices, and that's that's the thing I'm a little worried about with the integration of, of Poe into the yeah. series. Uh, I I like. I think the best series work, and this goes all the way back to to Rebels. I think. The be- uh, well, Rebels and not all the way back. Sorry, Rebels and Clone Wars. Um, I think they work best when they address the new character, integrate new characters into the existing timeline, and just subtly hint at the con- the the basic canon level of characters. Yeah, like I'm worried about what they're doing with Poe because I want my Poe experience on the big screen. And I want to be introduced to new characters on the small screen. And I... Like, my, my, okay, here's my worry. Here's okay. my worry. Because we, we have... You and I, and we've discussed this, have a, a markedly different appearing, a, opinion of The Last Jedi. I think we have similar opinions of The Force Awakens. So it's Probably like, closer. It's yeah. very... It's, it's easy to come at it from different angles based yeah. off of personal experience and all that stuff. What I enjoy about the cartoons, but also frustrates the hell out of me is that for as much as there is an alleged story group, or in, whether it's a name only, or they only really get to have influence on supplemental material because they didn't have an overarching story idea for what they were doing with these three, it was a lot of free, let freedom reign. Yeah. You know? uh, is that I don't like being introduced to small-time characters that are interacting with our cinematic characters and yet are an afterthought or never mentioned. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. that, like having 
Darth Maul or Maul appear in Solo seemed to me like it was like a reward for the fans who have been like, dude, yeah, we've been paying attention to this character. Oh, yeah. He didn't die. Yeah. You know, and all this. Well, but, and, and a bit of pandering, I'll say. Uh, or it's like Saw Gerrera. Saw Gerrera in Rogue One is another one of those examples where you're like, yeah. cool. Why was that only five minutes? You know, like. Well, like, perfect example is that introduction of Maul because yeah. the initial. Uh, uh, the initial version of that scene, he doesn't ignite his lightsaber, and they actually, apparently, in test screenings, were afraid that people wouldn't recognize that that was Maul, so he turns on his lightsaber. Which, to send it e- even more home that, yes, indeed, that is... But to everybody, every fan's like, dude, he didn't need to do that. Why did he do no. that? That doesn't make any sense. Like, he shouldn't have done that. Yeah, you know? subtlety is not a, a thing that apparently has lived through Star Wars universe really since the last... Or since... Uh, the Force Awakens. I don't think subtlety is really something that they... They... <clears throat> I don't really think that... Yeah, no, I, get what you, I get what you're saying. Yeah. And we don't want to We don't want to turn this into a, a, a push fest or anything like that. No, so, no. But it's, it's that thing, is that... Um, I think nuance in any genre is so incredibly hard to nail. Yeah. Because... Let's take Blade Runner 2049. That movie is extremely nuanced. And yet, people walk away from that movie feeling something that doesn't make sense to me, but it's still like, I can't... I'm not going to say what you feel is wrong, because I have no right, because you're you're entitled to your feelings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and be like, I think they may be misinformed, where it's like, you know, they're like, oh, it's just objectifying women. And you're like, no, 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 no all the women in there are nuanced. And yes, yeah. there are some extreme objectification with, like, holograms. But look at the the chief of police of the Los Angeles PD is a woman. Yeah. Look at our principal villain is a woman. Yeah. And every one of them is extremely different. Yeah. And it's nuanced. And yet, people walk away having missed it completely. See, I, I mean, uh, I think 2049 is, it, it almost rivals the original. Oh. For me. Uh, well, it's a lot better than the theatrical cut of the original. <laughs> let's let's say, let's true. say that it's, that's it's true. leaps and bounds better than the theatrical yeah, cut. That's of. true. I, and and that's where I feel like the Last Jedi actually went the 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 wrong direction in nuance. I feel that his homage and multiple homage to so many different directors and storytellers throughout that did inspire the Star Wars universe in that they were used more thematically or less thematically and more overtly in the original trilogy. Yeah. That he missed the he he missed what Lucas had accomplished with the original trilogy by going too nuanced with those homage. And I can I can I can see that, you know, and I I, I liked a lot of what happened what was happened there, but yeah, you know, we're also talking differences in taste yeah. and in storytelling preferences. But I can I can see your uh, your perspective on it because there's a couple things, where and I forget where it was three outlaw Ronin where there's that scene with the red dust coming up and that yeah. is straight the horses straight running up. through yeah and it's it's like okay I'm one of the few people that actually saw that movie before it was mentioned to see that movie because I grew up loving samurai flicks yep. so I was like I was like dude I noticed that nobody else does I'm like okay and then the, when once they find out it's like. Oh, it's, it's kind of cool in hindsight, but I just I feel like he 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 missed the force for the trees in those. Yeah, well, it's the, like I love Terry Gilliam's Brazil. Yeah, and there are direct references at Canto Bite too, 
Brazil. Yeah. And actually, and in John Williams' score as well. Whereas I think the John Williams' score part was supremely done in its textural yeah. homage to Brazil. And I think, as much as I am not, I don't agree with everybody in their hate of Canto Bite, I understand it completely. And I'm okay with that being a, yeah. most people's gripes. Where it's just like, I'm like, alright, that was a little too much. That yeah. was a little too much. When, you, when you're like, oh, it's too much like the prequels. Well, I happen to enjoy the prequels, see, so it's okay with me. And, see, that's one of the things that I have this this criticism of it that seems... And, and this isn't me trying to bloviate but, but, or, or toot my own horn, really. But it, it's a criticism I really haven't heard from anybody else. And that I, I don't mind Candle Bright. I do mind that... <laughs> I, I was really hoping... And this is coming from somebody who does not like the prequels. You wanted pod racers? I wanted pod racers. racers in there. I wanted the, the reverberation of pods as they go around that corner. Yeah. The perfect tie-in with the prequels. Yeah. No, just, and, I, and not just something that Luke says in, in frustration and anger when he's talking to uh, to Ray. I think that visual of them coming around the corner. And you still could have had the kids that as mechanics. You still could have had them as slaves and yeah. that whole imagery. But you could have had... You had such a perfect way to tie imagery in from the prequels into the new series and literally skip the original trilogy and just go no this is this is wholly out of you know the first movie yeah and I think to get back to resistance yes sorry I think no 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 it's fine (laughs) we we, we are okay with tangents at Talking Trek Wars I think with uh, resistance you're, you're trying to play on that evolution of racing if you go in the expanded material of whether it's Claudia Gray's Bloodline or some of the aftermath books and some of the other loose, loosely short source material. You know, Han left a rebel, left left as a general, hated yep. his title, went back to racing. Before before Kylo Ben did his thing, he went back to racing, and I'm like, okay. But at the six month, that's why I wanted it not as close to six months. I wanted it a couple uh, of years yeah. because if you went back to six years. Uh, Han was still involved in racing, so you could have had a chance to have a Han Solo, a Han Solo cameo, yeah, not actual role cameo, where he's still involved with racing, and you have the Sunel Greer character, which was a female who couldn't race anymore, that so he gave her a job with Leia, you know, being her yeah. pilot. You know, like yeah. you could have done things like that, but when you've hampered yourself, but Compress you're still making it about line. racing, yeah, but we're about spying on the First Order. It's like. We're already aware as an audience what the First Order was. If this show came out when Rebels came out, and this was all about the build-up yeah, to, to it, the movie, to the yeah. movie, and you were learning about the First Order, this would have been Revelation. This would have been yeah. something completely different. Yeah. But now we've had two movies. Well, I mean, four realistically yeah, uh, yeah. new movies. Yeah, and. I just mean leading into this new series. Yeah. We've had we've already had two movies as introductions into this new Yeah, so what do we point in time? And we've had plenty of novels, we've had a Poe Dameron comic series, we've had a Captain Phasma one shot, we've had all this stuff. The Vader that, series and the, although Well the, really the, but just of the first yeah, order the, series yeah. of the first order era. We already are aware of these things. So you're not it's it's almost just like oh yeah. Yeah, they were they were a big threat or they are a big threat. Whereas to me, I think it's one thing that George did well in the prequels. Whether or not they were GL canon 
or Del Rey canon was that knowing what the script was most likely going to be, commissioning authors for this is what happened within the two to three years between this movie or the ten years between this one and this one so that you were actually given pieces of information and there actually was a throwaway line of dialogue or a character that you knew you were going to you were going to see so or that one background character that looked cool in Attack of the Clones well here they're going to get their own book yeah right here and it's going to touch on those things so it was more world building and anticipatory whereas we almost have to wait for picture lock for them to throw us out five books at one time which is my main main criticism with how they're doing things now is that the books have been okay they haven't been great but they're also Dropping five at once, yeah, four months before the movie comes out. And I'm sorry, I work fucking sixty hours a week, <laughs> and I got some TV addictions going on, you know. Well, and this was my, I think this was my problem with the story group in general. And it's not so much a problem with the story group as it is the use of the story group. When we were first told after the purchase of Lucasfilm by Disney, we were led to believe that the story group was going to be involved in every facet, including the films. They weren't. In fact, Kathleen Kennedy has said publicly that she wanted to hire a director and just let them do their thing. And I feel that was the biggest misstep ever in that, at least with the Marvel series, what Kevin was able to do was not necessarily say, look, this is every script for every movie for the next ten years. Just go tell the story that we've already come up with. But to say, this is our beginning point. This is our end point. Maybe a few things in the middle. Go tell us a story that gets us there. That's something that not even Kathleen Kennedy's done. Because she's a great producer, um, but she is not a story... uh, She is not a... In my opinion, she's not the best studio head. Mm -hmm. I don't think she's in the right role. I think she, she has been an amazing producer for the last 30 years, done some of the best work ever done by anyone. Um, in an industry that's predominantly male, that I think she's really just blown apart. But at the end of the day, I don't think... Oh, sorry. No, no, I have a question. Yeah, I yeah. want you to finish your talk, okay. but then I have a question. Okay, so I, I just I wish there were a Kevin Feige there to say, look, we have done a model. Not that you have to replicate the story yeah. or even the arc, but to say what we're doing is working. Okay. And you know already off the bat, since you've fired more directors than you've kept, you're not it's not working. Yeah. So do you think that it's possible that not just Kathy Kennedy, but the company as a whole has All the learned, way up to Disney as opposed to just yeah, Lucasfilm? Yeah. Uh well Lucasfilm and their oversight of I mean Disney is its oversight of Lucasfilm. Yeah. But not as in saying like Marvel's interjecting it, like Feige's interjecting into it, because we know that's not true. No. Uh, but do you think as a company as a whole that they've learned their lesson or from whatever they perceive to be their mistakes and that moving forward with the Ryan Johnson trilogy and the Benioff and Weiss trilogy, for whatever you think of each of those creators, you know, those yeah. opinions are irrelevant at this point. Yeah, yeah. But they then turn to say... Our individual model isn't working in a trilogy structure. We need you or you two to be the overall creator and fashion us a, an outline, a story treatment 
that spans three or more or even only two movies and say, you don't have to direct them all and you don't have to be the principal writer of them all, but we want... Basically showrun them. We want you to showrun this or like Favreau with the TV series. We want you to establish what the parameters are for this long story. Give us an arc. Yeah. Whether it's multiple seasons or multiple movies. Yeah. And then we will market it as such and do it right and you can pick the next director. Like... You know, Ryan Johnson's going to do the first one. He's got two more films. He's going to pick other directors. He's not going to direct them all, but he's going to have a hand in writing and yeah, doing producing and producing and treatment yeah. of it all. So, do you do you see that as maybe as them saying we've learned from our mistakes or we're attempting to correct the mistakes? I, do, I, going do, I see it as an attempt, but I am already predicting it as a failed attempt. Because, and this is why I think. That when you when you look at it as a continuum, Star Wars is now not going to stop. Yeah, Star Wars is now basically tied with the longevity and life of Disney, which means for the foreseeable future, Star Wars movies forever. And I think when you can't because they don't have a Kevin Feige, because they don't have somebody who is looking at, I mean, who is now. Supervised almost twenty movies, um, in terms of uh, as from an executive producer standpoint, I think because we don't have somebody on that level with that passion for the story, because I think Kathleen Kennedy has her heart in the right place, but I don't think that she is interested in staying in from a production standpoint, coming in and out of each movie where they have an understanding of where it's going. She's yeah. more interested in saying, here, here's the Star Wars label. We'll we'll back you. We like what you've done before. Go and make us something. And they haven't been interested in going after established auteurs. They they pick directors that go after maybe one or two movies. They make something tends to be somebody who's made something with special effects or a budget, but they seem malleable because they're younger in in their years and they're not as well established as some of the larger directors and they go ahead and they hand them something because they feel they can keep them they can steer them and that has failed for almost all the Star Wars movies that they've tried to produce okay so how about this we need we need a Kevin Feige okay I'm not, and I'm not disagreeing with yeah. you. I love, I still love Kathleen Kennedy. But yeah. Just, oh, I, I love her as a producer. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I get that. I, I, I even like her as a figurehead because I haven't had as much issues with the movies as you have. So we're, you know, yeah. coming from it from a different standpoint. But it's long been held by a lot of people, especially people I know within Lucasfilm and stuff like that, or people I've talked to. I don't really know them. I've talked to them. Yeah. Uh, is that? When, when she took over the company and George did the wholesale and she came in as president, that she was always going to leave her. She doesn't want this to be here the rest of her life. No. Was that once nine was done, she was going to ready to bow out. She was going to bow and out. I don't know if that's true. And I don't yeah. know if that's true, but that's long been that's long been like where speculation that where everybody's always been like she's quit. She's getting fired in September. It's like no, if they were going to fire her or if she was going to leave. They would have done it before nine even started. Yeah, that's not going to happen. No, but once nine's released, I can see her gracefully bowing out, and then you get that new person. And yeah. I think what that's what Disney. What's also what I mean by learning from your mistakes and saying we're, she's going to finish what she started, and we're okay with that. We look at them. We we're looking at it from a financial standpoint. Yeah, people aren't going to like everything. We're okay with that. Um, 
I think what it is is, for me, in my perspective is, because I like having a Star Wars movie a year, I don't, I don't need them to be the event that some people need them to be, and what they used to be. Yeah. Because I think the times have changed and are different, and I think Marvel is extremely to blame for that. Um, whereas, like, a Star Trek film now is back to being an event. Yeah. Especially... If and when that Tarantino thing ever happens, which I'm still highly skeptical that won't. I'm excited. I'm. I really am hoping that it does. I, I'm hoping that it does, but I'm not 100. I was more excited for S.J. Clarkson's one until all this financials thing happened. Yeah. Uh, which I'm. I'm with Kevin Smith. You don't need Hemsworth. You can recast it. You need Pine. Yeah. So give Pine what he wants. Hemsworth can go have fun on Men in Black. Which yeah. I think it's going to fail horribly. Yeah. Uh, but I can see them saying, like, look, you know, Johnson's trilogy is going to be different and it's going to be contained and not being tied to original trilogy characters creates a lot of freedom and we're going to shepherd a three-part story and say, like, it's, it's within the universe, it's different. Now we just need to learn how to market it and we also need to get over ourselves to saying, well, we can't advertise for a Star Wars movie in front of a Star Wars movie. Marvel does it all the fucking time. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Do it. If it's if you want to move away from it being an event. If that's what you want. If you want to have a movie a year. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not for more than one movie a year. Yeah. I'm 100% against it. But you want to do a movie a year? I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. I I like the every every 18 months model, but also don't want Star Wars back in May ever again. I don't think I don't think release schedules matter as yeah. much anymore. Because it used to be movies went to February to die. Well, Deadpool and Black Panther have changed those yep. perspectives. Movies in August don't do money. Guardians of the Galaxy. Fuck, The Expendables. Yeah. Any one of those things have proved that, no, you can make money. The Meg. Yeah. You can make oh, money in August. You know, that doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. And so, I, but I don't like, I don't like going to see Avengers Infinity War, then Deadpool 2, then Solo, then The Incredibles 2. I'm sorry, we're not made of money. Yeah. You know, yeah. incomes are dropping, fuckers. I, well, I do feel, uh, and I don't know if you've heard of this, uh, heard that this was, uh, apparently they're addressing the, the old rule from 70 years ago where studios are not allowed to own theaters, and they're talking about reversing that. So, like, Netflix and Amazon are both looking at buying their own theater chains. And if that's the case, then I'm sure Disney's probably interested in buying their own theater chains because I can imagine a Disney theater being pretty, uh, pretty cool. But I think, uh, I for me, it, every time we go to the, we get to this point, I I feel that Disney has I shouldn't necessarily say Disney because they are letting Lucasfilm do their thing for the most part, but that Lucasfilm. It's a been a complete misunderstanding of what they had. That they, they don't. They're desperate for stories. They had a trilogy of stories that they 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 fast forwarded through in Last Jedi. You can't tell me that Luke's fall and his temple collapsing literally on top of him, losing an entire new batch of Jedi's and failing at what his only job was. And failing because his nephew goes to the dark side is not a trilogy. No, and it's not two to three movies, at, the, at least two movies. And I feel 
that they 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 kind of screwed the pooch on that one because if you're desperate for stories to the point where you go to the guys that thought that's that telling a story about the Civil War where it's as if the South won was a good idea that if you're going to hand them a bunch of Star Wars movies and and say just go ahead tell a story because he told they told something with a budget and that had uh, that that was niche and uh, uh, genre, yeah. genre. That you thought that was a good idea. That you that that's how desperate you were for stories. Then why didn't you do that? Because all the rumors about Mark not wanting to wield a lightsaber anymore and all those things would have been solved with money. Um, that him being. Uh, seeing Obi-Wan be old Obi-Wan training, something we never really got to see, but seeing it through Luke was something that I just feel would have made a lot of money at the end of the day. It would have made billions of dollars. And you still could have had Rey, you still could have had Kylo, you still could have had Snoke, and every... you could have. It would have just been basically can reshuffling we, the deck that you Can we just were, not have Snoke? Can we just... Can we go back to JJ and say get rid of him completely, please? I wanted a Snoke that had a practical Andy Circus under it. We don't need; they don't all need to be computer generated aliens. No, I just didn't. I didn't want Snoke as a character whatsoever. I never. You I didn't, didn't want another Emperor Palpatine. No, you wanted, I did. You I wanted did. like a Thrawn or somebody, and, and that's not a slight. I mean, yeah. somebody pulling the strings that was antithetical to what we were already used to. Yes, I wanted yeah. something. Holistically different, and that—that that is the only credit I will give him for the Last Jedi. I, I, I really dislike that movie, but I will give him credit for trying to do something different. Yeah, and I don't know, like what he did, <laughs> and I feel like he totally fast-forwarded through an amazing trilogy in two flashbacks, which I know is an Akira Kurosawa homage. I appreciated it, and I enjoyed it for what that part aspect of it was. But I'm sorry, those were two fucking movies I wanted to see. I want Give me a movie where it's just Kylo lying for two hours, telling his version of the story, and then sh- show us Luke, a movie where it's Luke's version of the story. Dude. It's just so the audience remembers, I love The Last Jedi. Just so <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this is, this is what good fandom does. We it listen, is. We listen to each other. And we are We're making okay bridges. Accord, uh, okay, disagreeing, but you need to walk a mile in somebody else's shoes and see their <laughs> perspective. You don't have to agree with it. No. And you don't have to change your perspective, but you need to be able to acknowledge the other person and say, at the end of the day, Peter is still a Star Wars fan. I love I'm still a Star Wars. Wars fan. We're still Star Trek fans. We can have dis- differences on any number of things. We can. What we really <laughs> need to talk about. Is we need to talk about how Ridley Scott's fallen off the map, and we can talk about the, prom- the oh, premise Covenant. of Covenant. Oh man, of Prometheus, and then this, then Covenant, and now, and then him fucking over Neil Blomkamp. But we can, <laughs> we can. Those are stories for another day because Talking Trek Wars, the talking text is in the alien font, so that is a part of our show, and those things are coming. I, I will say, I do love, I love Prometheus. I understand all of its problems and faults. I know how stupid that crew is. Uh, see, but I, Covenant, they go way too stupid for me. See, see that, here's the thing. is like, I was... I had... And this is uh, our final point for this episode. Here, okay. Is that expectation is the killer of all things. 
because I went in with so many expectations for Prometheus. I'm finally going to know about LV426. I'm going to finally know about this, this, and this. And that was not the movie he gave us. And because of that, I didn't watch the movie. I saw it once in the theater on opening night and never watched it again for, for, for like five years. It wasn't until the ramp up to Covenant that I went back, then went back and watched it. Went back and watched it. And I tried to get rid of all my preconceived notions, all my speculation, everything I wanted, and said, okay, I understand that these are the things I want, but I need to be able to look at it for what it is, and then take some good of it. I still have a lot of problems. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. but I can still enjoy it. Now, here's the thing is, because of that lesson learned, I went into a Covenant with no expectations. I said, look, I don't think this movie's going to be good, but I also don't think it's going to be great. Show me something. And I'm able to walk away with some things of Covenant that I like. There's a lot of stuff I don't like. But I, there's some yeah. stuff I really like even more than Prometheus. So, well, he gives us an aesthetic that we're familiar with in a way that he didn't even give it to us in Prometheus. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say this. Covenant, some of their shots are fucking gorgeous. They're beautiful. They're gorgeous. But Ridley Scott's kind of lost his mind and is just a little... I don't know. I don't. Maybe as a director, maybe he's great at oversight still because no, he's he great knocks at it out of the he's, park with twenty forty nine. He's great at oversight still, but he's gotten too close to his thing. You know what I mean? Like he's gotten, and he's his bitterness over James Cameron has gotten to be too much. Yep. And it's at some point you need oh, to I let go. I have a whole diatribe on on directors and and artists in general and how they when they get to the point where they never thought they would get is when they start to falter. Yep. Because they just they don't have anything to fight for anymore. They they don't have that that grip to hold onto the cliff because they know they can fall because they I'll, know they can't fall anymore. And I'm going to say this and I get so much shade for saying it. Tarantino's past that point. Oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a long discussion. Yeah. I do have issues with uh, Hateful Eight. I, I think it's too long. But I, I think it's beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous. I, Cinematically, it's... I think it's Tarantino just doing Tarantino. He's we, We've stopped being... Django Unchained was even getting to that point, even though I love that movie. I think... I think we're at the point now where we're just getting Tarantino doing Tarantino, knowing he's doing Tarantino. And it's... It, it's it's fine, it's fine. It's he's still great he's at not what he does. Pushing it like he did with 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 uh, with Kill Bill, but, but it's it's he's not pushing the medium in a way that he he is pushing cinema. I think he's pushing film in general, like in terms of you know for you know su- shooting Super Seventy, yeah, going out there spending that, try, just trying to kind of do a little bit of the same work that that Nolan is doing, which is trying to keep the medium as as cinema as possible and. and 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 using and paying homage to where it came from, but I, I feel like it, that movie just it just keeps going and going and going. I, and I think I I we'll, we'll wait and see, but I I don't hold out hope for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I I don't know. I, I'm I'm still I I still got I, I still got a soft place, a warm place for for Tarantino. <laughs> And I'm excited. No, that's that's fine, but I think we're going to wrap it up there because we still have more things to go through at a later date. This I wanted this episode so we were able to just yeah ramble. Uh, this should be out on Tuesday. I make no guarantees because I am working so many ungodly hours. 
and seven days a week. So it's uh, it's tiring. He's a man. Our uh, Rose City Comic Con is coming up soon. So if you're in the Portland area, please go be a patron. Go see it. It's going to be uh, a lot of good things there. I get to go meet Val Kilmer. It's going to be awesome. I can't That's wait. That's awesome. I can't wait. And then we get to, Nicole and I get to continue our, our Trek photos. Very so, cool. And um, Carl Urban hasn't canceled yet, so we might be fourth time's charm. <laughs> hoping, hoping. He's a really nice guy. And uh, they just announced Tia Sukar is going to be there. So, you know, that, that'll be nice. When they announced Yona Su- Suyatomo, I'm like, he's not coming. And I said that on their page. I'm like, he's not going to be there. Everybody's like, no, he's scheduled. I'm like, they're shooting nine. He's not going to be there. He will cancel. And uh, No, no, he said he's going to be there. They don't need him for a lot of stuff. Sure. Sure enough, he canceled. And I'm like, come on, people. Let's be a little. Once principal photography starts, it's all. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. And Chewie's the one character that you don't have to worry about his age and how he looks. So he can be in everything and he can never die. It's true. Yeah. It should have learned from Becky Price. <laughs> ah, that's the end of the show.